Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. All right, we're live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com. You know where to go. More wrestling news than anywhere. I look up there and... Before I even have a chance to edit a lot of the stuff, we got 10, 15 articles up, Jimmy. Andrew Thompson, Jeremy Lambert doing that work. Uh, part of which helped us get the Hideo Itami story up before anybody. I was like, Jeremy, can you do the background writing for me while I get this scoop? And he I was going to say, how do you like our masks this week? Ooh. <laughs> do you print those out every week? Melissa makes them. Okay, well, I definitely like... Uh, that we have already signed Hideo Itami. Yes, we have. Because he is much better than his predecessor. Has no problem wearing the shirt at all. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have to pay him extra for that. Let's let's hope he can keep his Snapchat behavior at a thumbs up. <laughs> we, we have, yeah, only a thumbs up. Exactly. Yeah, boy. We, uh, we have so much stuff to cover in one week, Sean. So much. That I don't even know. I got the old list of Jimmy Van right here, and I got so much stuff this week. I don't know if we're going to get to it all. But uh, let's start with this. So last Saturday night, we're doing this on January 30th. Last Saturday night was a big night for combat sports and for pro wrestling, which means it was great for a site like Fightful because we had Bellator 214 with Jack Swagger's MMA debut, and we had NXT TakeOver Phoenix, and I missed all of it, Sean. And the, re- and the reason the reason I missed all of it is because of this. Put up that little video, Nigel. Oh, oh right. The things you do for your wife. I was told that I uh, snore a little loud, and that sometimes I might gasp for air when I when I'm uh, sleeping. And so here I am at a sleep clinic. Check this out. Love you, honey. 
Hell of an experience that was. I took part in a sleep study. What is that? <laughs> you don't know Why what that is? Why didn't you ever tell me you were RoboCop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Six million dollar man. Clarence Boddicker was... is coming after you, ass. <laughs> My wife told me you snore a lot, and uh, sometimes she thinks I gasp when I breathe or when I when I sleep. So uh, did a sleep yeah. study. I had to spend the night in a clinic with all this gear attached to me. And when I got up the next morning, and the guy's taking the gear off of me, and I said, I'm going to have to do this again because I don't think I got more than 20 minutes sleep. He goes, you only need three to four hours, and you got that. I said, really? Wow. Really? Okay. Three well, there you go. I feel like I do that too, man. It, it's frustrating. But uh, did did they evaluate anything, or is that like being sent off? Yeah, it takes a few weeks. Okay, cool. So I haven't heard anything yet. But, well, I'm, uh, I'm glad that you didn't have a terrible car accident and that's why you were hooked up to a bunch of stuff because it definitely looked like it the picture looks like it when i first also, got that too yeah and also, i you, you know it's funny i wasn't all i was going to do sean was put up a picture with no no comment just to see what happened but then i thought nah i don't want to like get sean all upset and you'd warn to, people well maybe you'd be flying to toronto like where's my meal ticket is he all right you know what yeah, i mean probably <laughs> well, i'll tell you one thing i wouldn't be flying i'd be saving that money uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe you would. Well, well wait. I've, I've we talked off the air. You got options, Sean. Uh, take, take. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I do still have a significant Air Canada credit from listing you boy one hundred. So. They did take care of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I do have that credit. They credit it to. That's me. good. And there's no timeline on it. Not yet. Not that means I'm flying into the next ball game on the cheap. <laughs> I thought you were going to say just the next ball game. I'm like, I'm coming to opening day? Wow. <laughs> huh. Man, I actually thought about going to opening day for Cincinnati. They've acquired like three or four former All-Stars, but I'm pretty sure it's the Raw after WrestleMania. That's the day that opening day is, so I will not be doing that. Okay, okay. Go figure. What we got to talk about? Anything? Not much. There's not a lot going on this week. It's a bit, a little bit light. We might have to, like, I don't know, play charades on the air. But uh, we'll start with talking about what I think is going to be the biggest story of the year in pro wrestling. We talked about this like a week or two ago, how this is probably going to be the biggest story of the year. Somebody actually commented on YouTube at the time and said, Jimmy, biggest story of the year. It's only January. But this is going to be the biggest story of the year, I think. And I'm talking about the changing landscape with the, uh, with the launch of AEW. Uh, what a time to be in wrestling, Sean. What a time to either be a wrestling journalist like yourself or a oh, wrestling yeah. fan or a pro wrestler. It's, it's an amazing time. So we already had, just to do a little recap, we already had the Revival ask for their release from WWE. We had Mike Kanellis ask for his release from WWE. Back on 2055, uh, uh, losing. Good for him. Yeah. We had Maria Kanellis, allegedly, because I don't think she ever acknowledged it, but she asked for her release. Yeah. Uh, more people now have options outside WWE, and more people are open to leaving WWE than there's been in 20 years since, or, since the Monday Night Wars. Or open to not going to WWE or um, open to not going to WWE. That's happening. With, I mean, look at Shane Strickland. Shane Strickland was a foregone conclusion going to WWE. Then his contracts were up, and he said, where will I go? WWE came back with more money. And Roosh. Rush. I called him Rush the Rush. first time. Meltzer called him Roosh. Roosh. So uh, he was another guy where Andrade allegedly said, don't come. So he and went to Ring of Honor instead. You can tell WWE is making an effort to change that attitude. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> but, yeah. but for how long? How long? Who knows? I know. We could go on about that, about other talent, which we will. But uh, first, so the latest ones, 
Dean Ambrose, Hideo Itami. Good for you. You broke the Itami story. Uh, tell tell the good listeners of the, the listening boy all the latest on Dean Ambrose and Hideo Itami. So I, I go into uh, really long depth. I just dropped the Fightful Report podcast on Fightful Select, which is our, our uh, anchor show on our premium service. So check that out, guys. But I was told last night that Hideo Itami had asked out of his deal this week and was granted his release. It's not official yet, but they, they said that they would grant his, him his release. He would be pending a 90-day no-compete clause, which, let's see, February, March, that would go through April. So uh, I, I incorrectly mentioned on the Fightful report that it would be up at the end of March, but it wouldn't be. I, I miscalculated. So the end of April. So no R1, ROH G1 Supercard for him. But that does leave him open to another company that a lot of sure. people speculate, AEW. Yep. I would personally be very surprised if he ended up in AEW right now. I would be very surprised. Do I, would I be surprised if he wrestled there at some point? No. But right now, I would. He was popular among the Performance Center people, 205 Live people. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you from personal experience, what they signed wasn't what they got. They didn't, get, they didn't get Kenta. Yeah, and he was they injured a lot. They got a guy who, and quite frankly, his conditioning was an issue as well. If you go back and look at what he looked like when they signed him and how that ended up being, it wasn't the same guy. It wasn't mm-hmm. the same thing. And I, I wish him, I wish him all the luck because man, he's got some buzz. If I'm Ring of Honor, I'm signing him immediately. immediately. It's kind of funny because we said this with Mike Canellis. Mike Canellis had more buzz when, when the news of his request to be released came out than he had as a wrestler. Hideo Itami has more buzz today and this week than he's had in three years. Which we got to answer the question. Who attacked Hideo Itami, Jimmy? Who did it? It's been four or five years now? Yeah. Yeah. What are I you want do the now? answer. Yeah, who knows? I want somebody to answer it. David. It was Virgil. might have been Virgil. Uh, I tell you one thing. From my perspective, it's very nice to publish a story and then have the wrestler almost come out and confirm it immediately afterwards. Yes, which is very, very interesting nice. too. Yep, yep. Uh, well, now I want to put up. Now let's talk about Dean Ambrose. I want to put up this uh, tweet. This is from Mr. Sean Rossap, uh, and this was WWE's official comment on Dean Ambrose. Put up uh, Sean Rossap's tweet. This is the, this was the official comment. Dean Ambrose will not be renewing his contract with WWE when it expires in April. We're grateful and appreciative of all that Dean has given to WWE and our fans. Wish him well. Hope that one day Dean will return to WWE. I got to tell you, Sean, I was surprised to see that because he's still under contract. Yes. And I can't recall the last time that they publicly went on record about a guy leaving before he left. Like, usually it's a future endeavor because he's already gone. Why would they put that up when he's still got two months? So I'll try to make sense of all this because there's a lot of accusations of it being a work. Again, FIFA Report podcast, I go in deep on that. They're doing a lot of things differently. Uh, the way that they, Triple H doing media calls the last few years, that's different. They, they would never have done that before. Uh, a lot of the ways that they integrate certain, uh, giving media to per- performance center tours. But last week, during the Ronda Rousey situation, the first time that I can ever recall, they said, no, Ronda Rousey's still under contract. Here's the date her contract expires. And I'm like, whoa, five, six months ago, I was told, on the record, we do not discuss the contract status of performers. I'm like, well, what changed? And there was another journalist who was talking about talking to me about it. So it's kind of frustrating. It's a case by case basis. And I'm like, yeah, but they really like Dean. They well, really let me, let me ask you this question: For them to come out and comment, 
Because to me, it's so strange that they would do that when he's still got time left on his contract. It's very strange. Do you think that they are going to keep him off TV now? No. I think they'll keep him on TV. Why would you comment when the guy's only got a couple months? Buzz. I just don't understand it. Buzz? Buzz. Any, any but then that, buzz. But then, okay, but then that might just do more for him when he's on the way out. It could, but I mean, it, you might as well get something out of it while you can. I guess. Better benefit both of them than just one of them, and it be him. I guess. It's weird to me. It's weird, but uh, whatever. It's weird to me, too. It's definitely unprecedented. It's not something I've seen before. Yeah. The, the rap on Dean is that he's uh, disappointed Yep. creatively. I, I want to talk about that next, actually, because uh, I saw you post on uh, Twitter, money isn't everything. And who was it? Scott Dawson that, that uh, replied and said yeah. he agreed or whatever it was that he said. And you're right. Like I, re- I realize Dean Ambrose is not. If they offer more money, that's not necessarily going to keep him there because he's frustrated. Same thing with the Tommy. Same thing with the revival. But there's a, there's another side of the coin that people have to remember, and that is in WWE, the creative dictates what you're going to make, right? Yeah. Because everybody has a guaranteed downside. On top of that guaranteed downside, what you make is dependent on where you are on the card. Because where you are on the card, that's going to determine your merch. That's going to determine all that kind of stuff. And so I look at guys, Sean, and I feel like a broken record when I talk about Rusev, when I talk about Elias, when I talk about Braun Strowman, and when I talk about Shinsuke Nakamura. The fact of the matter is, WWE has failed these guys. They failed them. Uh, Because you look at Rusev as an example, right? If they had have gone full bore with Rusev Day, they did the calendar. The calendar sold out. After that, they never got behind him. They didn't change his music. They they didn't really give him a lot of promo opportunity to showcase his personality. They kind of just kept him as he always was, except he said Rusev Day wore a little T-shirt. If they had gone full bore on that, Sean, imagine where he might be. Imagine what kind of money he might be making. And in turn, how much money WWE might be making. Uh, and that's something where people got to think about. There's a 75-year-old man that is dictating where you're going to be on the card. That means that there's a 75-year-old man that's dictating how much you're going to make over your guarantee. And if I was a talent in WWE knowing that, depending on who you were, I would most seriously consider getting out. It hasn't been the case for a while, but it now is the case. It is more financially stable to be a big fish in a smaller pond than a small fish in an ocean. Not yes. just a big pond. A friggin' ocean with... yes. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, and subsequently, people who don't get used on each of those brands because there's so many people. Way there are many. people who don't get used enough on all the shows. Yeah, that's that's. And yet they're talent. looking for more. They're looking for more, and they're only looking for more to keep them away from the competition. And not only that, they're like, "Hey, let's bring in Abyss and Jeff Jarrett and Sanjay Dutt and Shane Helms and Sean Devari." All of which who still wrestle too. And I wanted to ask you about that. So we're, we're, we're jumping all over the place when it comes to my list, but that's okay. Did they need to bring on five new producers? They're, I've heard they're doing it for the Fox thing. Also, I've heard some of the, Triple H said some of their roles aren't defined. The way that I understood it, Shane was originally contact, contacted for a full-time PC gig. And he's done a couple of spots there for that, but. He was backstage at TV this week. Yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence, Jimmy, that all five of those guys are wrestlers too, active wrestlers. Not for WWE's sake, yeah, but keeping them away from somebody else. And and I'm not accusing any of them to being giant draws or anything, but yeah. I can tell you, 
I can tell you that I have personally discussed running wrestling shows in this in the northern Kentucky area, and every single person I've talked to brings up Abyss's name because he draws locally. Mm. And that type of thing will have ramifications on that market. Shane Helms not wrestling will have ramifications on the North Carolina market. It'll have ramifications on some of the Ring of Honor live events. Mm-hmm. Sanjay Dutt hasn't wrestled since 2017. He's got an Achilles injury, but Jeff Jarrett still goes out and wrestles. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, and, it's wild. and somebody mentioned this on Twitter about uh, he needs to go down to the performance center and teach guys how to throw a work punch. My God, it's great, isn't it? Great. Great. Ooh, and his hole. punches have always been really good. They've always yeah. been really good. So John Cena could learn from Jeff Jarrett how to throw a proper work punch. Like, you know? I was, I had tried to schedule out, I schedule 30 minutes for that Fightful Report podcast and we do contract updates. Felt like half the contract updates were talking about the producers that they signed. Like I'm they, still a little, I'm still a little befuddled by the whole thing. Do they need them all? I mean, do they still have well, the other guys that were there? Is Devon Dudley still there? Yeah, but the thing is, they're, they're also promoting some people from within. They've got some people timing out the shows that, like former refs who have been who are now working and helping time out the shows and okay, who the hell timed out Raw on Monday night because they should probably not. Oh, be Oh, nobody good. They didn't get that script until like thirty five minutes before, and it was I think it had been rewritten four times. I could not point. believe Sean. I couldn't believe that Kurt Angle and man, I'm I'm really jumping all over my list because I was going to talk about Kurt Angle. I can't believe that Kurt Angle was given three minutes, and Ronda Rousey was given fifteen. I mean, I like, think what the fair. hell is that? What I is that? I think it's fair to just group in all the WWE talk, and then like, what else is left? The Jericho talk. I that's, mean, God damn it, man! You're making me go all over my list because so that's on my to list talk too. About. But I mean, yeah, Raw was was scripted. I thought, considering how late they got that script on Monday, mm-hmm. I thought it ended up being a pretty good show. Let me Smackdown, say this to you, man. Sorry. Smackdown, I... on the other hand, their script was done early. Like people were sitting around waiting. Uh, waiting for the show to start for Tuesday, and that's how plus, it should be, man. Plus, yeah, it should be. Plus, on Monday they had all the smack or a lot of the SmackDown people there. Yeah. They had all the new producers there, so it's a little bit more of a madhouse. That's the term I was told. Yeah. And SmackDown is a lot more laid back. A lot of people have went home. I want to go back for a second, uh, talking about the whole WWE has let their talent down and failed their talent. Yeah. Do you remember when Triple H was doing the promos with CM Punk in the ring? I do. And Triple H, because CM Punk at the time was kind of saying, you know, where are my ice cream bars, right? Where are my cups at 7-Eleven kind of thing? They were really good ice cream bars, so. Fine, but you remember that was the idea. And Triple H on more than one occasion told told CM Punk in the ring, all you have to do is win them over. Remember he said that? All you have to do is win them over. And the idea Triple H was trying to convey was if you win them over, then the opportunities are going to come. That's what he Mm -hmm. said, right? In 2018, Elias won the fans over. Rusev won the fans over. Shinsuke Nakamura won the fans over. Braun Strowman won the fans over. And now here we are in January of 2019, and every single one of them is back to where they were a year ago. And in case of the Braun Strowman, is even lower on the on the totem pole than where he was a year ago. All the other guys are back where they were. Uh, Shinsuke is another one, I guess, where he's actually lower than where he was uh, a year ago. And to me, it is a travesty. And when you look at the fact that Ring of Honor, New Japan, AEW, to a lesser degree, MLW, and maybe Impact. Impact looks like they're kind of on the ropes a little bit. But yeah. all, of, all of those promotions are offering exclusive, guaranteed contracts to talent. You cannot fuck this stuff up. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. Now, I will say that if I'm Braun Strowman, I would stay in WWE. 
Because yes. I, I think WWE is tailored to a Braun Strowman. If I'm Elias, I would stay in WWE because of the entertainment aspect. I think it's tailored for, for an Elias. If I'm Shinsuke Nakamura, Sean, whoosh, I'm gone. I'm <laughs> gone. Because AEW and Ring of Honor and New Japan will salivate over Shinsuke Nakamura. Also, to I'd be, be gone. quite frank, I think AEW really needs to diversify a little bit. Right. They are a bunch of white people right now. Yeah, and, and, they, and they are, they're all kind of, how do you generalize similar. independent wrestlers, like the stereotypical independent wrestler? I mean, you know? kind of, yeah. Uh, they, they do need to diversify a little bit, which I'm sure they're going to do. They've got a talent announcement next week, of course, on a day that I have scheduled off. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, that's because what happened was, so I sent a tweet at Cody Rhodes, and I said, dude, I want no days off from this fucker, so can you yeah. guys... Uh, <laughs> I want to. I, I agree with you there. I think that Braun Strowman. Well, the thing is, here's the irony of this all. You can trace back WWE's unwillingness to pull the trigger on somebody a little too early to Brock Lesnar. Isn't that funny? That Brock Lesnar, the guy who they refused to pull the trigger on moving on from at this point, is the reason that for so many years, WWE has been like. God, I know we brought up this Braun Strowman guy up way too early. Way too early. And it ended up working out for us, but we mm-hmm. can't pull the trigger on him yet. It's a, it's that attitude because there was always that perception that Brock Lesnar moved on. He, he was like, what What else can I do? And then he, he left. So yeah. everybody else got that as well. My God. I mean, these guys, every quarter they get their check, right? It's all broken down. Here's what your guarantee is. Here's your, here's your merch royalties, live event royalties, whatever, TV royalties, whatever. Braun Strowman's going to get his WrestleMania check, Sean, and there's a good chance it's going to be lower than last year's WrestleMania check. There's oh, a yeah. good chance. He's going to be middle of the card on this show. Now, granted, last year he was in a tag team match, but he was still like an elite-level guy who happened to be in a little storyline for the tag See what team what Alex titles. said on Monday? What was that? Probably, and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, it might go that way. Now, this is purely speculatory, but I thought Alex hit it on the head. Braun and Kurt against Baron and Drew. I don't want to comment on it, Sean. Uh! It's so, I mean, I will say this. I hate what they're doing with Kurt Angle. I hate what they're doing with him. I mean, I realize he's older now and he's past his prime. He's still an Olympic gold medalist. As far as I know, he's come in, he's been professional. He's done everything that they've asked him to do. The guy went to Saudi Arabia twice. He's done everything that they've asked him to do. They have him out there losing to Baron Corbin in three minutes because Vincent Mann in his mind thinks that Baron Corbin is a star when Baron Corbin's not a star. And no one gives a shit about Baron Corbin, but he thinks he is. Very frustrating to see Kurt Angle being treated like that. I heard at the Rumble he had Zack Ryder's spot. And so they supposedly just... He was in for the amount of time that Zack Ryder was going to be in for and he was eliminated the way that Zack Ryder was going to be eliminated. Very frustrating. I want to talk about Jericho's tweet, going back to this whole talent worst thing and all of that. Man, girl, what are we going to talk about on the second half of the show? Oh, I've got a lot. i got a lot, okay. so we're good. Jericho on January 28th, and you and I talked off the air about this. I thought Jericho was smarter than this. Uh, and, of course, he has since deleted the tweet because I'm going to tell you, Sean, somebody probably wised him up that that was stupid. On January uh, 28th, he posted this on Twitter. Put that up, Nigel. He said, AWE, Ring of Honor, Impact. I love watching you push all your randoms, but just know that we're interested in maybe six to eight of your talents total. We don't need you at AE Wrestling. I know this from experience, Sean. I have been on both sides of, of legal situations. This kind of stuff is what somebody will use as evidence 
if they uh, decide to pursue litigation. I have seen it personally with Skype messages. I've seen it personally with social media messages. If WWE... What's that? Yeah, Twitter DMs. Same kind of thing. If WWE were to decide to pursue litigation accusing AEW of contract tampering or anything, that's the kind of stuff that they will use as evidence. Uh, and Jericho, I always thought, was a smart guy. I was shocked that he posted that, unless he was hammered at the time that he posted that. And and the fact that he deleted it tells me somebody probably told him, uh, not a smart thing to put up there, bud. And uh, <laughs> so I saw less more of Pro Wrestling Sheet, who, or not Pro Wrestling Sheet, a talking sheet about how Dave Meltzer was saying, oh, Jericho's working, Jericho's working. And Les said, yeah, he, he's working towards a match where they talk about how fat each other are. With like, Lesnar. Like Lesnar. With Lesnar, because that was another one. I was like, yeah. Oh. yeah. If there was some regulatory body, I get the feeling they would have been fined. Like, you know, the, the Anthony Davis thing and the Magic Johnson thing. If they talk about another basketball player's contract they get like straight up uh like fined for that wwe isn't a victim to that but they haven't had anybody who can go after them for that and wwe hasn't really had to go after anybody for that because who's gonna tamper with wwe's contracts that's it yeah it's been it's been 20 years and when and when bischoff did it they went after wcw you know what i mean they went after them yeah and and uh, uh, if if they start to feel the heat, Sean, they will pursue litigation just for just to kind of stop it. You know what I mean? They'll pursue yeah. litigation just to get AEW to reconsider about maybe we won't touch these guys or or whatever. So uh, should we keep going, or do you want to? Uh... I want to throw to this Triple H clip. Speaking of people who talk about <laughs> contracts, here is Triple H. <laughs> so somebody asked about the women's tag titles earlier. Has there been any discussion of that being a a floating title, so to speak, where it could appear in NXT or on NXT UK or anything like that, because uh, by all indications on the main roster, there'll be one set that uh, two brands compete for. Is there any possibility of that being expanded to these brands? Yeah, I think there's, uh, I think there's been discussions about all of that. As far as where it ends up, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure where that'll net out. You know, I think, um, I think the intent is to try to deliver the best, the best uh, thing they can for the women's division, and, and I think you know when I when I look at the both Raw and SmackDown, there, there's a lot of talents on there that you can, you know, once they have a goal in mind and, and the women start to, to get together and, and work on the same page in in a tag style like that, I think you're going to see a lot of people excel. I think that gets very exciting. So I think you have to play that by ear of where it goes. You know, how how quickly you get there, is that multi-branded, is that floating? I, I'm not really sure. I think I think that will be played out as time goes on. And to kind of follow up on that, do you have an update on, on how uh, Tegan Knox is doing after her injury last year? Uh, she's doing very well. You know, as you know, with injuries, um, you know, you, you, you get yourself repaired, as I was told early in my career with injuries, they repair you, they put you back together, they put the pieces back together, and then it's kind of on you, right, to rehab and do all the stuff. She's doing everything she can. Um, she's an extremely hard worker, very passionate, and very driven to do this. Um, when she's ready, she'll be back. And I think, uh, you know, I, I, it's unfortunately she's been in a couple of positions where she's right at the brink of this giant breakthrough, and it 
something happens, um, it's gonna it's gonna happen for her. It's just a matter of time. She's doing well. She's working her butt off, and uh, she'll be back soon. They'll pay for hotels. Well, we're, hey. back. We're, <laughs> back. <laughs> we're back. We're back. That's why I was doing the whole countdown thing. Well, right. we, we could talk about it on the air. What were you going to say? Well, we were talking about expenses that are covered by WWE, yeah. uh, things like that. Uh, big shows like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, where there won't be hotel availability. Those are oftentimes booked or covered. But, but not for the family, though, right? Other than that, well, I, I would have to ask. Who was it a few years ago? Was it Titus O'Neil who said that uh, he had to you know, pay for his family to go out for WrestleMania and then he wasn't booked on the card? Oh. But, 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 but the company told him, like, you have to be there for that week and for access and everything. Yeah, of course. But then he wasn't booked on the card. That might have been Titus O'Neil because he was talking about the, the money that he basically spent for his family and, and yeah. food and all of that stuff. And then he wasn't on the show. So... Uh, a lot more stuff to talk about, and this is again about all the, the the changing landscape and the talent wars and all this stuff. So Dave Meltzer reports, and I want to say something about Dave Meltzer in a minute. Uh, but Dave Meltzer reports that Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta, they're in New Japan as the best friends. That's their team name. They are finishing up with New Japan. The expectation is that they're going to go to AEW. Meltzer said something when I heard him talking about this story. He made a point of saying, uh, "But I didn't hear this from AEW. AEW didn't tell me anything about this." The way that he said that, Sean, that made it come off to me like uh, you probably did hear it from somebody with an AEW, and you're making a point to say you didn't because you got to cover for them because that's tampering, right? That's how it came off to me, the fact that he, he made a point of saying, oh, but I didn't hear it from them. No, nope, didn't hear it from AEW. <sighs> it came off a little bit a little bit greasy. Yeah, I, I talk to people <laughs> in AEW. I think you know who I talk to from AEW, several people. but Yeah, you talked to the penis druid. I thought I really thought you were about to say who. Come on! <laughs> like Jesus Christ! <laughs> Come on! I did talk to a penis druid. Yeah, you did. You did. I did. It was a great story. It was. Yeah. It was. You could say it was the the hardest of my long form stories. Do you have a segue here? Or... No, we good? No, they're done for the month. Okay. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it is the end of the month. That's true. It is the end of the month. Yeah. There's more stuff here. So Sammy Guevara. Uh, we've talked about him before. Booker T. Trainee uh, has worked for MLW, has worked for AAA. Meltzer reports that he's signing with AEW. Uh, Matt Seidel, formerly known as Evan Bourne, yeah. finished up with Impact Wrestling. Apparently, WWE and AEW both have interest in him. What a time it is to be in wrestling. Kushida has finished up in New Japan. He's headed to NXT. What a fascinating time, man. This is the most interesting time in wrestling in 20 years. If I were AEW, I would probably pass on Matt Seidel. If I was WWE, I would too, quite frankly. He's a little too much like a lot of the people they have. I get what you're saying, but but I also look at it like, with all due respect to Matt Seidel, is he going to move the needle at this point for WWE? No, but they can put him on 205 Live as the veteran. I don't got to put him through NXT, don't got to do that. Yeah. What do you think he would be looking for? Like, Do you think he'd even be... A value to 205 Live, given what he might want would, in the contract. He'd probably be a producer too. Maybe. I would maybe. be surprised if he wasn't a producer too. Yeah, maybe. I'll say this, man. WWE is lucky that they have Triple H in the role that he's in. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, Vince McMahon has no fucking idea who any of these guys are. Yeah. I don't even know. I think that you could probably put pictures of a lineup 
and have the Young Bucks be two of the guys in the lineup and ask Vincent Mann to point out who those people are. He would have zero clue, I think, who any of these guys are. But you better believe that Triple H knows who these guys are. Yeah, he knows who he, plugged in. He knows who all of them are, and they're they're lucky they have him because uh, Vince has no clue. We talked about the backstage hires already, so I can move past that. Okay, I guess we'll talk about the Rumble now. We'll talk I about the Rumble. I guess it's worth it. It happened. I did. I had somebody say, <laughs> "You focus too much on the people leaving WWE," and I was like, "I just did thirty five hundred words on the Rumble and did a two hour podcast. Uh-huh. I wish I could focus more on the people that were leaving." Now I am going to say this. I'm going to I'm going to bitch about Becky putting over Oscar clean. All right. Yeah. But I will say this: on Monday, Becky was massively over, uh, and the thing with Ronda in the ring was gold, and Becky was incredible in that segment. So maybe the fact she put over Oscar clean in the long run is not going to not going to be damaging. Doesn't seem. I but I thought it was a, a, a absolutely mindless decision. And here here is what I compare it to, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Back in 1998, right, Stone Cold Steve Austin had a massive 27, uh, 1997, I was going to say 2017, he had a massive 1997, that's when he really kind of came into his own as Stone Cold Steve Austin, he dominated the scene, the injury from Owen Hart actually helped him, because they kept him on TV every week, but because he couldn't wrestle, he just caused chaos and dropped stunners on everybody, was over massive. Can you imagine, Sean, what if at the 98 Rumble... Steve Austin had have lost clean to Triple H early in the show before winning the Rumble match itself. What would the ramifications do you think have been to the Stone Cold character if he had lost clean to somebody before winning the Rumble and going to WrestleMania? It wouldn't have looked good no. at all. No, it wouldn't have looked good. And i got to tell you, seeing Becky in the ring with Ronda, and granted on SmackDown this week she tried to kind of cover it and say, you know, I'm okay with losing. I handle it kind of better than you, Ronda, kind of thing. Like, you know, they're trying to cover for it. The fact of the matter is, when she was standing face-to-face with Ronda Rousey in the ring, I couldn't help but look at her thinking, but you lost clean on Sunday to Asuka. Like, how can you stand there as this almost, you know, immortal, stone-cold-ass character? You're going to kick the ass of Ronda Rousey, and you lost clean to Asuka? I hated that decision, Sean. The benefit is she was still over, but just because she was over doesn't mean it makes sense, and that's my issue. She she looked at Ronda Rousey and said, I didn't have any doubt. And I was like, you tapped out two days yeah, ago. Yeah, you tapped out. To one of our who isn't known like as the greatest submission artist in combat history right. in the UFC. Right, <laughs> right. And Jose Flores, one of our listeners, he uh, posted on Twitter. He said that they should have gone with the passing out from the pain finish. Yes. That would have been great. Right? Yeah. That would have been great. Cause she didn't tap. And just like Austin with Bret Hart, that could have been what she said. Well, I didn't, I didn't quit. I didn't tap out. That would have yeah. been the way to go with and, that. And finish. that's, and that's the way to justify her getting that spot later in the Rumble, too. Yes. Right. Right. That would have been the way to do it. But like I said, I thought that the stare down was great. I felt really bad for Ronda Rousey. How many weeks, Sean, have Ooh. we talked about this? How many weeks have we talked about this? Uh, and Nigel didn't see Ross, so I gotta throw it to Nigel. So they're at Raw, they have a post-Royal Rumble crowd, right, in Phoenix, Arizona. That means it's a very smart, plugged-in crowd, right? They have Ronda Rousey standing in the middle of the ring in front of that crowd and talk about achieving your dreams. She cut a promo about achieving your dreams. And as soon as she started talking, Sean, I felt terrible for her because she was dead in the water with that crowd. And as soon as the crowd started booing her, she lost her train of thought. And she, and she started stuttering and stumbling over her words, and 
she was supposed to issue an open challenge, but she got she got so screwed up that she didn't. And so the girl that was going to uh, answer the challenge just kind of came out and challenged her instead. I felt bad for her. The end of that promo, the end of that segment, when she cut the promo back on uh, Becky, that's the Ronda Rousey that they should have had from the very beginning. And I know that WWE probably thought, well, yeah, but if she talked like that, she was going to be a heel six months ago. I say, so what? I so saw what? A from uh, my my buddy Disco Inferno, who has some of the all time worst shit takes of pro wrestling ever. <laughs> but I completely agreed with him on this. What Becky did the next night on SmackDown when Charlotte got in her face and she immediately punched her and the Becky punched her in the face. That's what Ronda Rousey should be doing to people, right? That's right. Ronda Rousey. That's, that's Ronda Rousey. I know a lot of pro wrestling fans don't know Ronda Rousey. That's the right. Ronda Rousey you and I know. From yes. UFC. And, and again, what she said at the end of that promo, that's Ronda Rousey, right? Chasing Sasha Banks up the, up the ramp because, hey, you, uh, we have to talk because you misunderstood me and I don't want you to be mad. That's not Ronda Rousey, man. Cutting a live promo before a smart crowd about achieving your dreams. What the hell is that? And the thing is, Ronda terrible. is She is legitimately humble and happy and really nice backstage at WWE. However, Ronda Rousey also knows how to build a fight. And Ronda Rousey, the person, the human being, is not going to let her being humble and happy and glad to be there overcome her ability to make money or be creative. Mm-hmm. She, I know that she is smart enough from that perspective to see an opportunity to sell a fight, and she takes it. So when that isn't projected on screen either, I call bullshit on that. Because I'm like, man, I know that she's smarter than that. I've watched her build fights for years. Mm-hmm. And you can't, tell me, you can't tell me that Ron is going to watch that segment back and feel like shit or be pissed off seeing Becky kind of steal her spotlight and Becky be the one that's portrayed as this this kick-ass star and Ronda as this, hey, achieve your dreams and, oh, man, now you're belittling me and I'm just going to stand here and kind of eat it. You can't tell me she's going to be happy with that. Well, I thought that she played it off very well on Twitter. Did you see No, her, I did not. I did not. Her website. So uh, LaToya Ferguson, who's done, uh, I think she did the Evolution podcast with us. Great writer, has a book coming out soon. We'll have her on. But she writes for RondaRousey.com, and Ronda links to that stuff, obviously. And she wrote, If anyone wants to see a bunch of performers act tough and watch me resist every urge I had to beat the living shit out of anyone who dared approach me so I don't get sued or arrested, here's your raw recap from yesterday. I was like, that's Ronda. That's yeah. Ronda Rousey. Yeah. That's and again, Ronda. what she said was Ronda at the end of that promo. And I'm sure that Vince probably heard her say, I could kill you with my bare hands without breaking a sweat. He probably was like, uh. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that was not scripted. But so what? So what? Like, that's Ronda Rousey and all this nonsense. All these promos that they've been writing for her week in and week out. And the poor kid's got to be out there reciting word for word this absolute utter trash. It's it's a shame. It's a shame. But Becky was was gold. I want to ask you about this, the Charlotte Flair thing. So as of last word, they're going to add Charlotte Flair and make it a triple threat at WrestleMania. Do you think we can talk all we want about? They don't listen to their audience, and Vince is seventy five, doesn't know what the fuck is going on, tone deaf, all of that. Do you really think, especially after that Raw segment, that they're going to keep Charlotte in there and make it a triple threat at WrestleMania? They you don't should. think they're going to pivot away and make it one on one? I think. What they should do is what Alex and I speculated on Monday. Charlotte wins the SmackDown Women's title. Bailey and Sasha win the tag titles. Becky wins the world title. You have your Eddie Benoit moment in the ring with those four. 
WWE can't reflect back on that as a WrestleMania moment anymore. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 20, they can't. Mm-hmm. That is a nice one to have. Also, with Dean Ambrose out of the picture, I think WWE loses a major future WrestleMania main event in The, the Shield. Shield. you got to do the women's four-way closing that show at some point in the future. And if you have that shot to refer back to and that promo fodder to refer back to, that goes a long way, too, where... You know, Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte are happy, but they're pissed off they didn't close the show. They feel like they should have closed the show because they were the stars in NXT, not mm-hmm. not Becky. Did Becky even win the NXT title? I don't I think don't she recall. did. No, I don't she recall. She was the one that didn't, and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden she's the big star. You can lace in jealousy and competitive nature there. I, If I were WWE, I think it is promotional malpractice to do anything – but go off the air with those four women holding those four titles in the ring, and then you can build up to your horsewoman, horsewoman gimmick that you are clearly planning in the minds of people. Yeah, and that's the next thing we should talk about is this whole Ronda Rousey contract thing. So Dave Meltzer, again, he reported this last week, and it just caused a shitstorm online. Uh, he reported that WWE is under the impression that Ronda is going to be finishing up with the company after WrestleMania. He said that her relationship, she'll still have a relationship with the company. She'll make appearances from time to time. But he said as far as being an active competitor, she's going to be done. She wants to have a family. Uh, you told me some stuff uh, we don't need to talk about about her plans to have a family. And so she has come out and denied it. Um, but um, Meltzer is still adamant that after WrestleMania, she's going to be finishing up. Have you heard anything about that? Because... To be honest with you, being on the road full-time is grueling, and I'm sure that it's probably more than Ronda expected it was going to be. And so it wouldn't surprise me if after Mania she wants to just maybe get off the road, maybe only do TV appearances. What have you heard about all that? Well, I mean, besides what I told you, which I won't go into because I think it's borderline invasion of privacy, Ronda is very, very loyal to her friends. If there is an opportunity for the horsewoman, horsewoman thing to happen immediately after WrestleMania, my instincts tell me that she'll do that for the, the sake of her friends. But a lot of people forget that she is not Brock Lesnar. She is not working 10 matches a year. Mm-hmm. It, she has already worked 53 matches mm-hmm. since April. She's also so, not going to leverage them against the UFC. Yes. That's so, not going to happen. And if Cody Rhodes contacts her, but AEW, she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. We're so. talking eight and a half months. She's worked 52 matches. Right. That's quite a bit. That yeah. We're talking like 75... There are a lot of people who make a full-time living on the indies who do not work that many matches a year. That's actually what Brian wanted on a new schedule. Yeah. So, I mean, she's doing that. She's doing live events, all that stuff. Uh, I haven't heard anything about whether she's going or not, but uh, her plans to start a family are not much of a secret within uh, within those circles and stuff. But that's always been the case. And she said that that wrestling is her priority, and she can change that if she decides – you know what? I'll stick around for a while. WWE would love to have her. Now, you remember Ric Flair, like six months ago, did an interview and he said, yeah, she's finishing him after WrestleMania. Remember? Well, and everybody at the time was like, ah, Ric Flair's delusional. Oh, that was the great thing about when Ric Flair had that podcast with Conrad. Yeah. He would just casually drop shit he was not supposed to drop on the Oh, air. he'll say whatever the hell he wanted. Like, oh, yeah. He didn't know that he wasn't supposed to say it. I don't like, think he cared. I think that Ric Flair thought that he had like 13 listeners or something. <laughs> <laughs> Rick. <laughs> Rick is really humble in some of those situations, but, and it opens up all this stuff. You know, I had these people saying, 
Well, WWE even miss her? Does she move the needle? And I'm thinking, how could you even question that at this point? She's going to main event WrestleMania. She's going to main event WrestleMania. She's a major merch seller. Her YouTube views are something that I really like to see what people go out of their way to see. Ronda Rousey always hits a million. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of weeks where nothing hits 500, 600,000. How do you think, how do you think she'd be doing if she hadn't been cutting these shitty shitty promos for the last six months? Who knows? But I mean, there's she, The Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, Triple H, The Rock, and John Cena who crack a million every time. Right. And Nia Jax when she beats up a dude, apparently. (laughs) That's be doing well, but. That's actually the next thing. She's a good draw, she's a major drawing point for WWE. Nia is the next thing on my list here, and I want your opinion on this because I've, I've heard differing views about her presence in the men's rumble. Some say, but they have a women's rumble now. So yeah. why the hell is she going to the men's when they have a women's rumble? Others are saying, well, yeah, but China did it, Beth Phoenix did it, and Karma did it, and Nia Jax is this generation's larger-than-life female performer. Uh, what did you think of the whole thing? Now, personally, I heard some people are uh, are getting on WWE about the violence aspect. Lou and man, man on. Well, we have that tweet. Put up the tweet from Lou DiBella, Nigel. We have it. He's a boxing promoter. He said, AWWE, you're okay. So, okay, you're sports entertainment, but with the legion of kids watching and way too much domestic violence, having a woman enter a men's rumble and get pummeled by men is bad messaging. Out of line was a really bad idea. Uh, not only did I have no issue with it, Sean, but when Dolph Ziggler super kicked Nia Jax, I lost my shit. Because I, I thought to myself, I thought to myself, okay, a couple of guys are going to grab Nia and they're going to throw her out. Right? Yeah. Maybe somebody, I thought maybe she'll take the RKO because he's giving that to everybody. I did not expect that she was going to get kicked in the face by, by, by a male wrestler. And I lost my shit when Dolph Ziggler super kicked her. Like in a positive way because this is entertainment. This isn't real. Right? Yeah. And, it, and she did eliminate, uh, Muhammad, Muhammad, uh, forgetting his last name all of a sudden. It's Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali. Mustafa or Ali. As Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Muhammad <laughs> Ali. But uh, she, from, she did get to eliminate him, so she looks strong in the process. From a creative but. standpoint, I'll have to see where it goes. From a business standpoint, it got them a lot of attention, and it got them a lot of views. I mean, it did really, really well on YouTube, and that was something that people went out of their way to see. I do think – now, when we talk about China and Beth Phoenix and all those people, there were no other options then. I get it. I get there, it. And I do not like a lot of the precedences that WWE set or precedents that they set. I think they just took a rule book and wiped their ass with it. And I had a lot of people saying, yo, you don't like fun. And I'm like, no, man. When I've watched 32, 33 Royal Rumbles, yeah. and this is the first one I'm being told, oh, they're not eliminated because their back's on the ground, but their feet aren't. Right. I'm thinking, piss off, mate. And yeah, and there was a lot of okay, I'm 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 in, but I'm not going to enter the ring. I'm going to hide out at ringside. They did that several times. The Kofi Kingston spot, they did that three times. Whoever produced that, I don't think did a good job. Whoever produced I agree. Rumbles, I think had a lot of missteps in that regard. It was a lot I agree. Of stuff. There weren't a lot of people that really shined. Like Rhea Ripley should have eliminated like five or six people. You want to make her name, do it there. Uh, Drew McIntyre should have been a final four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There ain't no reason Dolph Ziggler should be eliminating him from the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm, I agree. Also, Dolph Ziggler should not be lying to our boy Chris Van Vliet on the air. That was actually something else on my list too. And, and did people really have a problem with that? Because Jericho does it all the time. Yeah, I know. I just, I just like Chris. 
Okay, okay, okay. Because I, I thought it was very funny when Dolph comes walking out after he told Chris Van Vliet, yeah, I'm, t- I'm on hiatus, I'm not going to be in the Rumble. Yeah. But I didn't have an issue with it, but I saw online a lot of people did. A lot of people were like, he's a liar, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Yeah, Jericho I does it all the time, who cares? Fantastically put it up there, and I had a troll that's like, LOL, you got worked. And I was like, I literally posted what he said. Right, <laughs> right. And I like Chris, he's... I mean, you can't find a nicer guy than Chris Van Vliet. Love yeah, guy. yeah. Great interviews, but yeah. All right, let's go to. We're a little bit uh, behind. Let's go to stupid. Stupid. Music. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Okay, are you okay there, bud? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what do I got in here? You gonna pull some blue chew and wipe your head with that too? It's just we got so many viewers right now. <laughs> All right. So uh, every now and then, I like to explain why do we do stupid people news in the middle of a wrestling podcast? This it's is because I'm sorry, it's from the '90s. And you know how filthy that is. Why would you put that in your mouth? It's been in my storage room for like decades. It's completely clean. Oh, so it came right from the press, right to your house. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So anyway. This segment used to be about WWE's excessive usage of stupid nicknames, and we actually had a guy that would count for us how many times on Raw they say the big dog and uh, the goddess and all that crap. Uh, nothing changed. If anything, it got worse. And so we changed it to a Stupid People News segment. has nothing to do with pro wrestling. We like it because it's funny, and these are real stories. So we're going to keep doing it. This first one reported by Yahoo News UK on January 29th. So you know we got hit with a lot of snow in Toronto, Sean? Oh yeah, it's freezing here too. It's freezing here too, and we and they got hit in in parts of the U.S. Uh, they also got hit in parts of the U.K., including Scotland, right? Yeah. So there's a story related to this. So uh, early one morning this week, a driver in Scotland was pulled over by police, and he was issued what they call a fixed penalty notice. Uh, what that means is a fine with uh, possible points deduction. Why do you think this driver got pulled over and was given a fixed penalty notice? Well, being a crafty veteran of the getting pulled over and find a lot of money game, (laughs) I will say that he had just missed his flight to Canada, to Toronto, where he was going to surprise his boss for a milestone episode and was trying to rush back home in time to film it. Put up that first photo, Nigel. This was the guy's car. Now, keep in mind, because they're in the UK, you sit on the right side of your car, right? So this is the front of the car. He basically created a little peephole, and he left the entire car covered with snow except for his little peephole. Put up the next one. There's the side of the car. He left everything else, including the lights, covered with snow except his peephole, and put up the last one. There's the back of the car. Look at the tiny little area <laughs> for the back of the car that he, that, he, that he wiped off. What a sweetheart. That guy's lucky he didn't. Yeah, that's, kill himself or somebody else. Let out lazy. Drag a broom out there. Just sweep it off a little bit. Do something. Use your arm and just go across <laughs> it like that. There's so many things you're going to done. I maybe. This next one reported by WLTX out of Columbia, South Carolina on January 28th. So about a week ago, a woman uh, outside Columbia, South Carolina, she got a phone call from an unknown number. All right? Person on the, on the phone, it was a man. He said he demanded money. He said, I want you to put the money into a certain mailbox. Gave her the address. He said, if you don't do this, I'm going to hurt or kill your son. Or. (laughs) Yeah, injure or kill. Injure or kill. The woman thought for a second. She thought, well, this is kind of unusual. She said, so number one, 
The address where that mailbox is located, that's my estranged husband's house. That's number one. Number two, they only demanded 130 bucks. 130 bucks. Figured it out. It's the guy from the first story. He's trying to pay that fine. Trying to pay the fine? Those fines are. It was her son, 19-year-old Emmanuel Franklin. And he got arrested and charged with blackmail. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I say this every week. There are so many stories with stupid people. It's so easy to find this stuff, man. They're everywhere. This last one, man, is for the SRS file. It was reported by Cosmopolitan on January 29th. Now, for any of our new listeners that don't know what the hell the SRS file is, Sean Ross Sapp is fascinated whenever I talk about genitalia or shit. And so the SRS file is related to stories about that. So this is a good one. So Valentine's Day is coming up, Sean. Yeah. What yeah. kind of what kind of unique gift would you give to your wife, Nigel, to your girlfriend? What kind of a unique gift would you give them for Valentine's Day? Nigel, you go first. Oh, it's really hard to say right now because I'm actually staring about at what I'm about to put up. So I'm going to go with <laughs> anything other than what Jimmy's about to reveal. Okay. Okay. I'm ready to hear it then. So Cosmopolitan uh, had a story. If you're looking for a unique gift for Valentine's Day, look no further than dickatyourdoor.com. Put up that first thing there, Nigel. It is a chocolate dick in a box that says, eat a dick inside of it. And guess what, Nigel? There's no racial discrimination here. Put up that next photo. They also have white dicks. And it's... Wow. They take it one step further because maybe you're not into eating dicks. If you're not, they got you covered. Put up that next one. You can eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is real. This is actually exists. Dickatyourdoor.com. Well, it's real. I don't know how they do, but it's real. That company asking about my contract status. Maybe, maybe. You might be. You might be looking for some options, man. I wouldn't be looking. That's option number one. What do you think is the shit? What do I think? What? Do you think they like put nuts in the shit? <laughs> Maybe there is a corn option. <laughs> Should be. I didn't look that closely Can, at the candy site. corn. Candy so. corn. Candy corn. Candy corn. Do you think yeah. the dick is cream filling? <laughs> well, Maybe they have an option for that too. Maybe it's like a dick Twinkie. <laughs> Maybe. Go. Let's move on. So uh, more stuff about the Rumble. I understand that they once again confiscated AEW shirts. Is that true? Yeah, uh, particularly where it could be seen on camera. Just, I noticed, uh, I think it might have been Rod, there was a guy in an AEW shirt in the front row. The camera caught him. Yep. Don't know, so, don't know the deal. I mean, it was arena security that did it. It did happen. I mean, I do think that some of it is being perpetuated by some people who are close to AEW, not in AEW, but close to AEW, but it did happen. It, it was a thing that happened. To me, it just wasn't much of a story after the first time that it happened. Obviously, they're going to do that if they can. They need to not. Yeah. They're, they they're need... giving them more momentum. Yes. I can like... tell you that just because people wear shirts with my face on them, it didn't make the sales jump up through the roof because they were on Raw. Right. Uh, it didn't get like a ton of attention. People might see that and be like, Oh, AEW shirt. That's about the extent of it. Yeah, but they have a little bit more buzz than your face on a shirt, with all due respect. I fucking doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. But I'm just saying, like, just because people see a shirt in the front row of Raw doesn't mean they're going to be like, 
Oh my god! I know. I know, I know. And, but but as, as soon as they confiscate them and it goes viral, like you're just giving them free press. It's some yeah. fool. WWE just... Did, did that come down from somebody in management or was that like a security guy that mandated well, that? denies that it happened. But well, it, they have to. They have does, to deny Yeah, it does happen. Uh, so it's hard to say who who caused that or who, who put forth that. But the thing about that is... If they just let it go, it would have got less attention than the two, three thousand retweets that the video that's, got. Well, that's it. That's just it. That's why you just say nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, another thing about the Rumble, uh, what do you think about the fact that it was a seven-hour freaking show between the pre-show and the main card? Seven hours, Sean. I worked wake to sleep Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And a lot of that from Tuesday, well, and, and today so far, but a lot of that from Tuesday was still stuff that I was catching up on from Bellator and Royal Rumble. So it was a busy weekend. It was I realize, I realize that they need content for the network. I get it. I realize they have so much talent that they want the talent to all get their spot. Seven hours. That's like a full work day of wrestling. Come on. What the hell are they doing with that, man? I don't what know. What are they thinking wish, with that? They did not need that first hour of a pre-show. No, ever. no. And and I got to tell you, I got to tell you. So there's there's twice a year where my wife will uh, let me have the night off, and she like takes care of the kids, right? Twice a year, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, yeah. and so and so on Sunday, my wife was like, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go watch the Rumble, and I'll take care of the kids. I actually said to her, you know what? I'll help out for a bit because the show starts at five. Yeah. And I'm not going to watch from five to midnight. So I tuned in at 7. I missed the entire pre-show. I think they could have done with about five, 10 minutes less on Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. I think they could have went complete. They did not need Bobby Roode and Chad Gable against Razor and Dawson. That didn't need to exist. And the so, women's rumble was an absolute clusterfuck. It was the longest standard Royal Rumble ever. It was longer than the 40-man rumble in 2011. They were very... You could tell... So obviously everybody knows that the intervals are bullshit and that yes. they're not really 90 seconds, right? The way it works is they have planned out spots, planned out eliminations, and then the uh, the intervals kind of go with that. There was so much, I don't know what happened, miscommunication, confusion. Girls were stalling forever, forever, because they're waiting for somebody to get their shit in, basically. And I was watching that thinking there's way too many inexperienced people in here that don't have a clue what they're doing. They weren't given proper instruction so much stalling, that was a painful match to watch with all the I think stalling. you could have cut an hour and a half off that show easily. No yes. first tag match, no first hour kickoff at all. Ten minutes less or, or twelve minutes less on the women's Royal Rumble, ten yeah. minutes less on the Daniel Bryan match. That is an hour and a half cut off that show. And if you pushed it a little bit tighter, you probably could have had it like two hours less and made it a five hour show. I'm okay with a Royal Rumble being a Five-hour broadcast. It's mm -hmm. a special, special event. Seven hours, man. It's ridiculous. And the people that got there, they probably got there at 3 Eastern time. Oh, think about it. They were in Phoenix, too. Right. Right. So they're, they're there past dinner time. Yeah. They're there from, like, lunchtime through dinner. Lunchtime it's, through dinner. Unbelievable. What, there, what, a, what a thing. From 2 until 9 p.m. We're short on time, so there's one more thing that I want to show. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I don't know who it was on uh, you, one of your podcasts where you guys were joking or suggesting he's got to get a new belt. 
He's yeah. the uh, he's the 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 pro animal guy. He doesn't want a leather strap. He's got to get a new belt. Smackdown this week, he introduced his uh, environmentally friendly belt. I got to tell you this funny thing. I'm watching with my wife. And my wife was like, but how is this environmentally friendly when the plates are made of wood? It's almost like Daniel Bryan heard her because yes. three seconds later after she said that, he said on his promo with naturally fallen oak. Yes, he said, I love that. Put up that picture, Nigel. That is the coolest damn looking WWE title belt I've seen in a long time. So he claims that the strap is made of hemp. The plates are made of wood with earth stones, even though the earth stones, some of them look like Excel gum. But otherwise, they, they, <laughs> they call them earth stones. I, I was looking at that last night, and my wife goes, you want one, don't you? And I, I said, i got to yeah. be honest. We've talked about a fightful championship. This has me wanting to poke you a little bit more. And be oh, like, really? Jimmy. You want an environmentally friendly fightful title? Why not? I mean, kind of not. But, uh, it's, but it's cool looking, man. It, and, it's so and, different. I like it a lot, and I know people are like, you know, what the hell is he doing with Rowan? If he makes his own straight-edge society, I'm all for it. Like an environmentally yeah. vegan-friendly straight-edge society, I'm all for it, man, because it's different. they got to keep the title on him for a while. Keep it on Brian for, like, at least the next six months and let him roll with this because I think it's hilarious. I really like it. I love it. I look forward to the concept designs for the Fightful Championship, which will just sit right here. Can't sit above my, my gas heater back there. It'll catch on fire. Right. <laughs> Right. There you go. And I thought AJ's line of, did you smoke the prototype to that championship was great as well. Awesome. Guys, really like give us a thumbs up on this video. That helps. If you all want to help without subscribing to the likes of FightfulSelect.com, leave us a nice iTunes review. A lot of our uh, viewers and listeners are on YouTube, and uh, we don't get the bump that a lot of people get for their iTunes-only shows. So doing that really helps us. Uh, join us this weekend, UFC Fortaleza. I don't know if you all were around for the UFC Brooklyn uh, live discussion. We had like 1,600 comments in there. We have a great community of uh, MMA viewers over there, and we've got a prediction field open for you guys running a contest all year long. Speaking of contest, you never know what I'll drop on Fightful Select. I think it was Saturday night, Jimmy. I said, everybody, pick a number, 1 through 30, men's and women's rumble. We'll send the winner a prize pack. Corey Champlin won that prize pack. So we're going to send that off to him. There was no winner for the Women's Rumble. I was going to say, th thanks for spending my money without letting me know in advance. Well, I mean, you know, it's that's what I do, right? <laughs> that's what I'm best at, Jimmy. There you go. Thank you guys so much. Stupid People Extended on Fightful Select right after this. Subscribe, we're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.